So hey, this this chapter's gonna flow a little bit differently, I think, than the previous ones, because you are on a very definite timer, starting at, let's call it 9.30 a.m., and you've just been told in exactly 20 hours, your friend Marcus will die. So that puts you at 5.30 a.m. Uh, that's all the information that you have at the moment. So the way we're going to run this is you're going to get one last refresh and then probably not another one until this gets resolved, unless the course of events justifies it, because this is going to happen on a fairly tight schedule. And uh, yeah, you all got a decent number of fate points already squirreled away, so I don't feel bad about this. And hey, we might who knows? finally burn some of Sylvester's fate points. Uh, pile. Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' vault where he keeps his fate points might have to be cracked open. Backpack where he keeps his fate points. <laughs> I was thinking like the Duckburg vault, but it's just yeah, full like of fate points. Yeah, like Scrooge McDuck in it. <laughs> yeah. Burst me bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Scrooge McDuck as just this monotone, just like. Ugh, fuck, I guess we have to go on an adventure with you little idiots again. <laughs> yeah. I want that. <laughs> Basically, so, what I'm saying is move over, David Tennant. Darius is the new Scrooge McDuck. Curse me, kilt. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been canceled again. All right, so. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't joke about that. It was truly a painful loss. Yeah, so the timing uh, of this is still going to take place over scenes. But the times when these scenes start and end is going to be much more deliberately notated given that timer. And I feel like there are going to absolutely be jokes at the expense of that one key for Sutherland program that I think I've already named. So we cut back to our scene. Our episode opens on Chris just frantically stumbling into Desdemona's house and declaring, In exactly 20 hours, your friend Marcus will die. Uh, all right, get inside. Uh, okay, um, can I, can I take a seat? Uh, yes, please go ahead. Chris goes and sits down on an occupy, a previously occupied portion of couch, probably where Albion had been sitting. All right, so, um, uh, how much, how much do we know? Okay, so this is an unusual thing for me to actually just outright tell somebody that something's going to happen. Anyways, I've been having a nightmare that's gotten steadily more and more clear over time, and reoccurring dreams are usually a pretty good sign that something's important in them, some kind of omen being delivered. The uh, pieces of it just came together today, and for some reason, I just knew that your friend Marcus was going to die at a... Uh... Chris looks at her watch. 5.30 a.m., I guess. Huh. Um, any other helpful info? I mean, I can tell you the stuff I saw in the dream, if you want. Yes, please. Okay, okay, uh, trying to, <clears throat> trying to get as much of this back to you as I can. I've been told I have aphantasia, so sorry, this is a little difficult, because it's like, active work to recall these things, especially because I have never met Marcus in my life, so I don't actually know what he looks like. Ro walks over and pulls the picture of him and the rest of the group off the wall and shows Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Pretty good. Uh, helpful. Thank you. I have definitely seen that guy's face before in my dreams. Uh, so it's not a clear through line necessarily. There's a jumble of things that happen, but the most important ones are definitely someone, uh, I've seen that face and one of your voices yells, you know, Marcus, and it quite frightened, you know, trying to warn somebody of something. And then there's a figure who's turned away from me, can't see their face. And then a sword slides across their head, their neck, and they don't have a head anymore. This stands up and very suddenly and just kind of looks scared at Beaumont. And Beaumont just looks back like, what? The, the, the sword thing? Is it the sword thing? It kind of sounds like your MO, doesn't it? Every warden has a sword. What other wardens are looking for him? 
Also, other people have swords. Other people have swords, too. Probably other ones. I mean, he he's still kind of out on his own and hasn't, like, actually... We haven't done anything yet to clear his name, so I don't know. So he's not your apprentice yet? What? No. We don't... We haven't had the chance to do that. He's still busy. Like, well, he's... I think I have a way that we can get in touch, because last time I brought up Marcus to this individual, they said, well, if you'd said that in the first place, I could have just asked him for you. So we might need to summon Fendra Lilu again. Let's do that. Yes. Uh, Chris, in your um, in your dreams, is do you know if Marcus is on our side or in the never never? What's a never never? Um, does it? I know you can't like see pictures in your head um does it i guess feel look like here uh yeah i hate to say this but i have not been to that many places the world is really big and i have seen about none percent of it kind of lived here my whole life so the stuff i saw the flashes of images i guess it seemed like familiar greenery some of it was weird but i don't know how much of that is weird dream logic and dream vision stuff the terrain might have been unusual like more hallucinatory than you might expect but i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure in the moment where your friend gets about a foot shorter it just looked like here okay could you describe the sword or draw it? Okay. Uh Chris goes over to your uh to where you've been putting your notes, uh your your easel, I guess, <laughs> and uh draws basically about as good of a sword as I can draw. And you have seen me draw swords in Jackbox games where it's just kind of like <laughs> there's a suggestion of a cylinder with a rounded bottom and then like a flat bar and then like line up line back down with a sort of taper and then like a line in the middle that's like the middle of the sword and chris just goes like all right i don't have a fucking art degree okay i this isn't what a sword looks like okay any like jewels or gems or decorations on it or just it's a sword all i know is it's a sword okay that's fine i mean i was i was kind of looking at the fact that it was chopping a guy's head off uh and also it's gonna be hard for uh for Chris to do any sort of recreation because uh, they said they have aphantasia, which, you know, means they can't, they don't have a visual imagination. I, I know. Hey, I, you know, I'll take a little offense to that. Fucking a lot of artists have aphantasia. This Ross O'Donovan guy, he does. No, I, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you wouldn't be able to recreate it from memory easily because you have a hard time visualizing mental imagery. Why am I getting hung up on this? And, and Chris, you're, you're there. In in the vision, you're there witnessing this. Okay, so I don't know whose point of view I have in dreams, like, ever, so I don't know. Okay, we need to summon Fender Lilu then. We need to warn him. I have a probably bad question before we do anything. Okay. Is us trying to save him going to end up killing him? I know, Chris, you, you're not going to have the answer, but... If you're seeing this and you heard one of our voices, if we're not around Marcus, maybe he'll survive? I What if contacting him puts him in danger? Oh god, it's this fucking paradox. I don't know how that works because people haven't really believed me before, so we're kind of building a sample size as we go. I don't think it matters because if we sit here and did nothing and something happened to him anyway, I could never- I know. Let's let's get Fender here. Okay, so like I do have to work today, and I mm, I kind of maybe missed my last shift, so I don't want to get fired. I also don't know how much more help I'm gonna be. No, you've you've done enough. Yeah. Wait, can you tell us about the tree, please? Because we found it. Her her expression goes through a variety of emotions. And uh, she tries to pick one to settle on. It, it it's it's a whole festival of different feelings flashing across Chris's face. We weren't actively looking for it. We we had your warning. We didn't go near it, but we did find it. Look, 
I don't think that you could have helped that. I don't know if it's possible for me to prevent anything ever. I, I feel kind of useless sometimes, a lot of the time. I don't think it's your fault. It, this year has just been the most difficult one for me because it's usually much pettier shit. Not people's lives at stake. Not usually. She kind of looks down a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, anyways, uh, you said you didn't go near the tree, right? Like, neither of you physically touched it? I didn't touch it. Nah. Okay, good news is that I distinctly remember at least one of you touching the tree, and you haven't done that. So, good job. Uh, good, good job. Thank you for listening. Um, I think I'm gonna go. You've got my number. If you have any questions, I will try to respond to them as quickly as I can. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, uh, yep. Just, uh, keep me updated, okay? Yeah, we'll keep you posted. Um, stay safe, alright? I will do the same job I've always done and hope for the best. I will say this was one of the more vivid and unpleasant nightmares I've had about these sort of things. It's always like that this year. Except for, you know, the funny little shit about knowing you'd be outside moping. But, uh, I can't be your oracle. I wasn't moping, goddamn! Alright, you tell yourself that. Hey, you may have had a vision about me moping, but I don't believe you. Alright, fuck you, I'm going to work. Okay, bye. Rose gonna follow Chris out to her car. Uh, okay, Chris Chris uh, notices Roe and just says, Look, my only rapport is antagonistic. I, I don't know how to do anything else. We believe you. Cut back to inside Alvy. It's like, yeah, I, I figure I'm the best rapport I have with Chris is antagonistic, so I'm just gonna roll with it. All <laughs> <laughs> right, cut back to outside. I love it. Rose just looking at Chris. Um, we believe you, and I know that you think that you're in danger because of us. I'm not gonna let that happen. Okay. Chris just kind of stands there for a moment. And just very seriously looks you up and down and just says, I don't know if you can prevent that. Not you, not Albion, not the Warden, not Valencia. I don't know. Anyway, I really need to go. Chris? What? Who, who's Valencia? I don't know. What? I don't know who Valencia is. I just know that it's a person with a name and a face. Oh, okay, how do you... How do you know? That that's a, that that's a person. Not that it matters. Ro at this point is shaking. Probably just the same way that I knew the guy in the dream who was decapitated was Marcus. Dreams just do that, you know? Can we... Can we talk about this later? Um, please. Chris is gonna make a roll. Mike has to gather dice. <laughs> You're not prepared for our dice roll game? <sighs> In a tabletop role-playing game? <laughs> Can't believe me. Um, Chris just uh, suddenly kind of like freezes on the spot. Uh, there's just this like mortis that sets in and she just sort of she just looks at you and says Forget I said anything and immediately gets into her car and just backs out as quickly as possible. Bro is yelling after Chris at this point. <laughs> I'm sure the people inside can hear that. <laughs> Yeah, I Rose shook, fam. Alright, Albion is not gonna be the one to take point on checking on Ro. <laughs> Albion is busy getting the stuff together to summon Fendra. Rose just gonna come in after a second. She's not fine, but she's good to continue. <laughs> Albion is going to stop. Is it okay if I make an empathy check? Alright, roll that beautiful bean footage. Aw, beans. <laughs> Wait. That is six. Wow, that super duper beats the surface reading challenge of three. Okay. Uh, great. I see everything, Ro. Everything. <laughs> Ro, are you trying to obscure anything at the moment? Like, 
not consciously not, or subconsciously. No, I, I think Rose just feeling how she feels. It's very obvious. Okay, so what then is Des getting off of this empathy read that is very successful? Um, I can I pitch that Des Rose. Wow, hold on. <laughs> Des knows Rose. Des Rose knows. Yes. <laughs> Des knows Roe, that's tongue twister, enough at this point to know when she's got what I'm going to call Valencia face. Um, Yes. When Roe has like any thoughts to do with her dear lost, potentially alive love. Um, I think that Des can just pick up on that. So they cue Valencia's theme. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she's got Valencia face and, and Des is very aware at this moment in time i would i would like to say thank you christine for forcing me to compose valencia's theme <laughs> you haven't done that yet in the past nope well, <laughs> well now that's you gotta not one i've done yet you're, you're welcome <laughs> just like i made you do wes's <laughs> yep uh i made music for things because oh, that's my be job so on the show what am i though. what am i doing all right so <laughs> yes you've got resting val you you have a uh, RVF resting Valencia face. Yeah, Des is gonna just look at her. And go. You look like you've seen a ghost. She just gets a nod in return. I mean, I know that look. What happened? Um, Chris might have also seen her. Uh, that and then she left and didn't say anything. Uh, yep, I know. I know. Oh. I know. Um, I was gonna say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But it's it's only a thing, I suppose. It's yep. Schrodinger's thing, thing, but we need to save Marcus. He's the, he's the issue now. Not issue. He's the, he's you know what I mean. He's the guy. No, I I get it. We really can't afford any distractions right now. We have to save a life, but we definitely need to table this and return to it at some point. We will. Let's summon that damn fairy. Yes, yes. Uh, I will. Um, I'll look in the fridge for any leftover pizza. Okay, you know I have all of the materials at my apartment right field trip you have pizza parts at your apartment yeah i have leftover pizza sick in in my icebox all right cool now i'm interested i always have i always have yes you can have some i always have leftover (laughs) pizza damn right i'm gonna have some you like cold pizza then i mean you have a microwave i assume no i don't you've been in my apartment you know i don't oh right you have an oven right i have a i have a uh, yes, I have a gas range. Perfect. So, pizza party at Beaumont's? Yeah. <sighs> I, you know, uh, as he as he's starting to like gather his stuff up and just sort make towards the door because he knows he's on the clock. He's like having having these uh, having these jelly things. I can't remember the name of them. Bismarck's. Uh, right. Thank you. Having Bismarck's and then pizza makes me feel like I'm back in college having a D&D day, but we're definitely not. Let's go summon a fairy, a thing we might have done during <laughs> D&D days. OK, <laughs> door is open and he's like walking out it. And away we go. Whose car are we taking? Oh, I assumed we were doing away, but yeah, car probably is better. Mine. Just because we have magic doesn't mean we have to use it. Jesus. Mine. I just assumed he was automatically going to the bushes. I'm sorry. <laughs> he has no car. He just pushed <laughs> mine because I have point and drive. Sly wants to drive. Yeah, there you yes. go. Sly. Sly, Sly, Sly. Yeah. I have point and drive. Okay. So, Sly. Uh, yes. It's now about 10 a.m. And you can shave a couple minutes off the drive by hitting me a driving roll of one to prove that A, you know the way, and B, that you can negotiate the traffic in Burlington at this time of day. Uh, all right. You get to use your brand new skill point. Holy fuck. Hang on a sec. I would like to say that Albion has taken a stash of weaponry from his car and put it in the van. Exciting. I rolled a two. Okay. So with my one point, that's a three. Hey, you beat that nicely. Math is fun. So, hey, not only do you remember where Beaumont lives, you remember how to get there. So uh, that's that's cool. You don't need instructions on how to get there. That shaves off some some time and some headache. Uh, and at this point, you know the city of Burlington well enough that you probably know uh, where there might be 
like congestion, also how to avoid certain lights that are kind of annoying because yeah. you got a really nice success on that driving roll. So, yeah, I'm going to say that it, you you cut that down to five minutes of car time to get across town. Hooray for me. Um, so you got the clock beeping at like 10.05 a.m., All right, so, hey, why don't you all uh, see if you can help our boy get this ritual set up in his ritual basement? Uh, he's going to have to pump some power into it, but first, the things are readily available, but do still need to be assembled. So I'm going to say, everybody, uh, you've got a challenge of three. I want you to pitch me the skill that you are using uh, to assist in this endeavor uh, and why. And then make a roll on that to see if you can speed up the timetable of getting this thing constructed from a few minutes up the timetable. I'm going to use my lore skill because I feel like that's the most applicable here. Okay, how are you using that lore skill, I guess? Um, I feel like it should be obvious, but I suppose I should explain. Uh, first of all, I have done this very same ritual before with our good warden here. And second, as someone who has a lot of experience with the supernatural and has studied on it, um, perhaps yeah, less good. so than an actual wizard practitioner, I would know enough to do this. The fact that you've done it with him before was more than enough. You're good. All right. Uh, I kind of wanted to offer my lore as well, because I have also now summoned Fendra Lilu successfully. Um, so I don't know <laughs> if it could be just from, you know, gathering the appropriate materials, um, you know, like offering a drop of blood, you know, that sort of thing. But um, I'm okay. happy to offer a lore role. Yep. Helping in the preparations. Uh, Sly? I'm heating up pizza. I I was hoping that's what you were going to be doing. <laughs> I I was like, because I don't do magic. Yes, I don't do magic shit. Okay, awesome. Um, what skill are you going to use to get that pizza to a decent temperature? <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's there's not really a cooking skill in Dresden files. Is there a computer skill? Uh, Why would a computer skill be necessary for like cooking? Because because microwave is computers. Microwaves is not. He doesn't have a microwave. No, no microwave. Yeah, it's not a microwave. It's an oven. It's a gas oven. No microwave. Gas oven. Uh, I'm pretty sure that cooking is going to fall under either scholarship or survival. Okay, so I'm gonna go with scholarship. <laughs> I'm just gonna look up how long do you heat a pizza up in the phone on my phone. <laughs> there you go. Works for me. How long heat up pizza in oven? <laughs> it's it's does, a gas range, so yeah. Have fun. Does Sly not just know that? Uh, like you just put it on until it is hot. Look, there's a time and a place for these things, Ro. Don't you have other things to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Ro's doing. She's yeah. just bothering Sly. <laughs> uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Sly is going to s gently push Ro like away <laughs> with her foot, with his foot, as he's like putting the pizza in the oven. Like, no, back the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right uh are is ro what is ro doing here um i don't have like i can't necessarily help so i hmm. you can move things from one place to another yeah so can that i don't know if that'd be like athletics <laughs> that's super duper gonna be athletics yeah i'm i'm rearranging the whole house basically any you want to move something i'll move it babe i got it like getting things from upstairs into a downstairs or from a different part of a downstairs to a different part. That's that's going to be moving between locations. So have some fun rolling. Everybody give me that roll on your chosen skill. and Let me know if you beat a three. No, I got a two. OK, so that's two pluses and a minus. So that is a three. That is just a three. I got a four. OK, so that's two. What am I rolling for? Scholarship? Yes, I got a three. Okay, so a few minutes, bump, 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 is bumped down to a few moments. Pizza time. So uh, I think we can make that half a minute. We can bump that down from 15 minutes to half a minute, realistically. So yeah, you're able to uh, basically just, I guess, pan sear a pizza back to being okay, or some slices at least. You actually can. That actually is a way to reheat a pizza. Yeah, so... um. Yes, you, you have figured out how to campfire reheat pizza very fast. Yay. So. A win is me. <laughs> You've done it. 
Congratulation, you've done it. Uh, okay, so that Congratulation. is... Congratulations. Yep, so, yep, we've got that down to half a minute. Very nice. So that's that's really going to not tick the clock down that much at all. And you've got yourself a, a thing set up for uh, Warden Beaumont to just start pumping power into it. That's not a great roll, so he's going to have to spend another few moments doing that. That's going to be a mental stress. Okay, there we go. That meets the total. So we now have a, a ritual that is firing and puff. Pizza! <laughs> Hello! Hello. Hi, Frendra. You have pizza for me this time. Yeah, we were heated at special just for you. <gasps> oh my god. Sly is conflicted, but he lets this happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Fendra takes the takes the recently reheated slice of pizza and just gulps that down. And again, this should does not look like it should fit inside of uh, somebody this size, but it happens. And uh, she concludes, she's a squash and stretch cartoon, dear God. <laughs> and she, yes, and she just finishes, <clears throat> ah! Oh my God. Sorry, bad manners. Anyway, you did not just summon me for pizza. I tasted blood. Yeah, no, that's not why we summoned you. So <laughs> you're still tight with Marcus, yeah? You said earlier I could just ask you if you want to talk to him. I, well, yes, but my... Proximity I don't understand how I am tight with Marcus. Oh my god, don't fucking pull this right now. <laughs> pull what? I am gonna fucking someone else do this! Fendra. Ah! Fendra Lilo, you and Marcus are friends, yeah? Oh, is that what tight is? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is why they're going to put a sly in every household in America. (laughs) This is just you and the British ghost all over again, man. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's that situation. That doesn't make it better. Crying. Okay, yes, so did you you want to know if I am friends with Marcus? Because yes. Uh, We really wanted to know um, if you knew where Marcus was right now. Oh, um, I will have to leave and come back. Um... So you don't know where he is. Um, Albion marches back, and it, Albion marches back into camera frame. What we need <laughs> is for you to get Marcus to come here. Tell him we are summoning him for an audience. Oh, you desire an audience with the squire of the summer court that no one is supposed to know exists. Yes, yes, that's it. Well put. Yes, we are. Yes. It's a matter of- If he has to have his boss the knight show up with him, fine, I don't care. I want to know what the doctor was going to say. Uh, nothing. Okay, you humans can lie, that's that's true. Alright, well, <laughs> Faye cannot, so you are requesting audience with the squire of summer, so I have a question for you, and that is- what do you offer for a token for the squire of the summer court for this audience? How much pizza do you want? Albion, Albion reaches into his pocket and pulls out a bottle of L81 and just puts it into the circle. That. <laughs> <gasps> oh no. Does she accept the L8? Uh, yes, Fendra. Uh, her eyes sparkle a little naturally anyway, but... They are literally and metaphorically sparkling at this this offering. Um, and uh, she she then sort of like flies up above it and looks down at the cap and goes, oh, this is not one of the ones where you need the the, the bad device to open it that I cannot touch. No, it ain't one of those. It's uh, an easy open. OK. And uh, Fendra Lilu just immediately vanishes with it. Uh, and then uh, about five seconds later, uh, pops back in 
Um, I'm going to have everyone need to make me an alertness roll uh, real quick. Uh, your target is a two. Four. Three. All righty. Uh, let me check. My alertness is a three, so that is a two that I got. I got a minus one. One. Okay. If any, yeah, anyone at all passed. So, um, yeah, Fendra Lilu clearly has uh, L81 dripping off of her face. Um, as she comes back and says, oh, um, uh, do you want me to bring him here? Yes, please, please. Okay, I will bring him exactly here. Poof. I feel like that's not going to end well. Yeah, she just kind of zoops back through uh, into the never never. And you do not know how long it's going to be until she returns with a Marcus. I feel like the fact that uh, she said exactly is, um. Not great for us, because you know she's going to pull some bullshit. Is the circle on the table too small to hold him? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I'm going to close up my workshop table now, because Fendra's going to be bringing Marcus to us. We don't have to do any work, and I want this thing to be in its sturdiest shape possible in case, well, yeah, she she means things literally, but I, I, I don't know how literally in this case, so, uh... Let's latch this back up, why don't we? Hey, Beaumont? Yeah, Ro? What is, what is this for? What is what What for? This town, this little table. What is this? Oh, um, this is... Okay, so the bottom layer is Lil Burlington, which you've seen. Uh, then the uh, layer above that is just sort of general, uh, general use for alchemy and summoning and uh, general preparation of uh, equipment and uh, enchantment, um, so as well as practicing various things on top of. So, you know, it's just kind of my all-purpose magical workstation. Uh, and then the topmost layer, which we are currently putting back together, if you could just uh, swing that latch there, that would be great. Uh, this is uh, my woodworking bench, uh, where I do woodworking. Oh, yeah, you okay. do do that. Okay, but why... Little Burlington. What does that accomplish? It's a map. Um, I know it's a map, but is it just a map? It's a magic map. It's a what? He's a what? Y yeah, <laughs> it's a magic map. Um, I've been uh, keeping that thing running uh, for a while so that I can pop it open and try to find uh, find out information if I need to do some scrying. It's It's got a ton of magical energy months uh sort of saved up in it in ways that get around the fact that the sunrise tends to wash magic away with it like it, there, there's been a lot of work bypassing that and keeping persistent energy stored in there uh which is why i was so nervous about you all using it without knowing what you were doing i, I can confirm there is a hell of a lot of power in there uh-huh just wondering. Uh, and I don't need to know why you know that uh, in particular. So, yes, uh, it's basically just a very useful uh, magical mechanism for trying to keep tabs on what's happening in at least some of Burlington. Okay. It also needs to be staggeringly accurate or uh, it won't work. Um, It does not cover all of Burlington. It covers a portion of Burlington, uh, particularly close to the wharf uh, at, you know, the waterfront park and a little bit up into the downtown uh, area. It doesn't quite go to City Hall Park. Um, so, yeah, the radius of it is not huge because, again, he would have to craft it to fit into that table space and for it to be very 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 accurate so yeah. that the energies can map as close to one-to-one -one as possible so yeah it's it's hard um but knowing that a ghost ship washed up on the shore there and stuff has happened down in and around there before and recently he made sure to construct that and put it there which implies that he did so in the time between the first episode and when he went missing briefly it's a shame you don't have City Park on here. Have you ever actually been there? It's pretty crazy, magic-wise. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, City Hall Park. Um, he just sort of 
like absently scratches back of his head. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't mess with whatever is going on there. Probably for the best. That's one of those things that doesn't seem to be doing anything. It's just, there's just something. There's something there, and I don't know what it is, and uh, until I need to know, I think I'm just gonna not. Oof. Makes me a bit sad that I even tried to look at it with the sight, then. If you can't even figure it out. Um, Jesus the Carpenter and his mother Mary, you did what? It was my first time using the site. And it was looking at City Hall Park. I just had a feeling. Mm. I okay, didn't get yeah. it was too abstract. I I almost I, I hurt myself pretty bad. Huh. Well, okay. So you can see that he's wrestling with uh with competing thoughts in his head at the moment. Um I haven't even looked at it in the site because i i didn't want to take that risk i thought i could roll better okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then and then the difficulty check came your way and it was off the ladder oh my God. <laughs> wasn't it like eight or something it was bad <laughs> uh, i think it was 10 it was bad it was very bad yeah yeah it was a lot of mental stress uh and you took a mental consequence so yeah christian yeah, he... you can't be albion <laughs> even albion's learning that lesson <laughs> yeah, I can't be Albion either. Oh boy. Yeah, no, Tom. You guys, what do you think could be putting Marcus in danger? Like what kind of enemies could he possibly have? Um <sighs> I mean there's probably several. Well, three I mean, of it you... sounds like a warden, but do we know of any other wardens in the area or who are hunting him specifically? Uh, oh, I suppose that question is going to me. Um yeah. or anyone. I'm sorry, not not specifically you. Well, I don't think any of you are going to know any other wardens better than me, with maybe one exception. And yeah, I, I've I've run across a couple. Oh yeah, no, I didn't mean you. I meant the the three of you that uh got to hang out with that weirdo podcaster. Oh, wait a minute. There's a is that the guy from New York y'all were telling me about the one with the bar? Yeah. He does podcasts. Apparently, I didn't know that. Oh, Warden Wellington. I didn't see it. He didn't say. He didn't mention anything about Marcus, though, did he? I don't think. I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, no. Uh, you do. None of you remember him bringing up uh, Marcus at all. Um, and if you did mention, if you did mention uh, Warden Beaumont to him, I do believe that he referred to him as like a nerd. He did. Yeah. He did. So, what would be the consequences of the killing of a summer squire? Like, that couldn't cause a fey war, war or something, could it? Well, given that, uh, given the fact that summer isn't supposed to even have a squire, it would depend on, I guess, if, uh, if when he died that somehow put his identity out there. I don't, I don't exactly know. Um, what the consequences of that would be. I suppose if nobody knew that he was the Summer Squire before he died, assume we're going to, I know that it's not an inevitability, but if it happened and nobody had found out about that, then I guess nothing would change. Um, I think Titania would be pretty upset. So, I mean, it's not great. Yeah, Titania would be pretty upset that her pawn had just been uh murdered oh dear okay yeah yeah so this could be a linchpin i guess that's possible <sighs> uh, okay well Everybody, it's Michael, your GM, best friend, and definitely has air conditioning and fans and stuff on, boy, and this is not going to be as edited as I might normally do for the episode break, because it's a hot one on the bayou, and I did not feel like turning my stuff off to record this break. 
Sorry about that. There may be some background noise. Regardless of the possible sound of uh, fans keeping me from overheating while I talk to you lovely people who listen to our show, uh, I would like to thank you again, of course, for listening. Uh, It really does mean a lot. Uh, I appreciate especially that you have put up with things like a little bit of schedule slippage here and there for one reason or another, be it technical, be it like mental health, be it whatever it is. Uh, it's It really means a lot to see uh, that people still listen to and enjoy the show and are excited about new episodes and are uh, willing to willing to wait to hear the new one. It, it really does mean a lot. So thank you again so much. Um, you've done so much hearing and so much listening already, uh, to me, maybe use a different sense, uh, and that's your sense of sight, but it's not an advertisement for that because it also engages your sense of touch because this is books, which is another way to get thoughts in your head, but not so much through your ears, unless it's audiobooks. but that's not what you're going to get from Abe books, my favorite guys to advertise for. An online marketplace listing millions of new, used, rare, and out-of-print books and other collectible items, as well as cheap textbooks. I know we have at least one listener who is in college right now. Maybe avail yourself of that service, because boy, textbooks are a racket. A Books connects you with thousands of professional booksellers in more than 50 countries worldwide, and curl yourself up with a good book to beat the heat. Nothing... Beats the heat like a dusty, musty old tome. I can't remember the line from that Homestar Runner short. Whatever. Anyway, um, it's a a good service that I genuinely uh, enjoy and have used multiple times to get books that I had difficulty finding otherwise or just a book that I wanted. So it got to me and I was happy with it. So if you want to get yourself some books and sit around in the air conditioning reading them, maybe, you can go to affiliates.abebooks.com ppn. That's affiliates.abebooks.com ppn. Thank you so much, as always, to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting our show, as well as other great shows like No Dice, Home Viewing, and sorted which has just finally sorted its final episode so if you want to go listen to something that is bittersweet and just full of i guess i'd say alex and jd at maybe their most unhinged because they just uh just did not care anymore because the show was over and they could say whatever they wanted absolutely go listen to the last episode of sorted um i think that they send off the show in a way that only the two of them can so absolutely go listen to that and uh, then give them love on their other show pokemakers it's that they do great stuff you can follow us on twitter and facebook at gmmcast we rely on word of mouth primarily for our advertising so tell your friends tell anybody who might care uh, and you can also scream into the void by tweeting about us with the hashtag GMMcast. Uh, it's definitely a good way to sort of boost visibility and engagement for the show, uh, especially when, you know, because we're going to start throwing out some hashtags in the not too distant future in the next, you know, couple months for things like our end of year Q&A. So keep an eye on the Twitter feed or to be even uh, notified even sooner of things like that, you can join our Discord server. Uh, We have a lot of fun in there with uh, just the people that I was talking about, the ones that get excited about the upcoming episodes and like to share, you know, jokes and videos and music and memes. And uh, there's a whole section dedicated to Heathcliff because why not? So yeah, links to all of this stuff is in the episode description. And if you want to support the show, you can definitely check out our merch store for the Pocket Podcast Network, which is at pocketpodcastnetwork.com slash shop. 
Uh, there's shirts, there's stickers, there's posters, all sorts of good things that you can do uh, and buy and see and feel and smell. Touch? Taste. Maybe don't taste. That's not a good one for the merchandise you can buy from us. However, you could also get a pocket note and we would read it on the air. I do not have the pocket note queued up for this week, so I will read two next week. So y'all get ready for some of that coming at you. And that is also to be found on that same shop link. But enough about me and my air conditioning uh, that is barely keeping me from melting into a puddle. Let's get back to this episode. Hi, I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. Hey, Gabe, did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network. Okay, everyone else heard that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, someone just knocked on my door. Um, I'm going to go get that. Who wants to come with? Me. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, come on up, Sly. Albion is going to start walking up. Uh, unsnap the holster on Gugnir. Okay. So the boys are heading up. Yeah. All right. Uh, you go in, you go out to the backyard and then in through the door, uh, that, that back door there that attaches to the apartment, uh, and across the apartment to the front door. And, uh, the, the warden walks up and just says, uh, hello, how can I help you? And, uh, through the door, you hear, Oi, Joseph Beaumont. Yep, that's, that's me. Could, could you please open the door? Uh, could you please state your business? Um, I, I don't think you want me to be out on your porch looking like I do for too long. Albion is going to move to the side of the door out of view and draw Gugnir and just give Beaumont a nod. And he's going to look back at you with eyes that are, uh, he just kind of looks like squints at you kind of like, really? And then like, yeah, you know, reassesses it, does the little head shake, like, eh, maybe, I guess. And he opens the door. And standing on the door is a half man, half goat. <laughs> ah, I oh, like I said, people might get suspicious and ask questions if you don't let me in. Oh, um, OK, uh, I'm going to open the door and I'm not inviting you in. Oh, you don't trust me. No, I promise you I have no intentions to harm you right now. Well, ah. can't lie, so. Ominous. He just he just opens up the door and then uh, walks away, leaving a space big enough for a goat man to walk in. Uh, the goat man crosses the threshold and just sort of, you know, makes that little like grossed out kind of clenching uh, that one does uh, when they have to walk through something that doesn't feel good. I would like to see if this is something I've identified before or would know about. A satyr? I mean, you can absolutely make me a lore roll. Give me that lore roll of a three. That is a four. Okay. I mean, it sure seems like a satyr. It's a goat man. Albion's going to step back and uh, keep Gugnir out, but at his side and not brandished. And just kind of move more into view and just... Howdy. Would you state your name and your intent, please? Uh, well... My intent is to cause some trouble if you don't put the piece away. And not with you, but just sort of generally. Well, peace doesn't go away till you answer the other question. I mean, I'm gonna, like, hop out of here and start just sort of bleating and letting people see a satyr before I go away. That'd be freaky. It's Burlington. They've seen weirder. Nah, you know what? I don't know if they have. Anyway, uh, I have no intention of doing harm to you right now, but... Having a weapon drawn on me is definitely not keeping me inclined to do to uh do you know maintain that diplomatic relationship. And believe me, I'm just gonna flick my eyes to Beaumont with a sort of wordless. 
you want me to put it away sort of glance. And he finishes saying, oh, and believe me, this is diplomatic right now. Uh, and Beaumont's just going to give you a little nod. Albion, with a little flourish and twirl, back in the holster. He lets out um, a little bleated sigh of contentment and then just sort of looks over at Cooper Smith and just is like, what's your story? Huh? Oh. I mean, I know this guy and he's got some kind of gun. What What are you? Uh, I made pizza earlier. Okay, so we got a chef. Wonderful. Um, well, uh, the first thing that I gotta ask, uh, is, <laughs> what would you say if I said that I was a winter squire on coming to you on behalf of Mab, queen of air and darkness? What business does she fucking have with us? Well, we're gonna find that out, ain't we? <laughs> but more to the point, where's Marcus? I don't know, Ratley. You don't know where Marcus Walbrook is. That's a shame, because if I knew where he was, I could kill him, and then I'd get out of your hair. Well, yeah, about that. Um, that ain't happening. Sorry to put it to you so rough, but, uh, I would normally put someone down easy, but I'm just gonna tell it to you straight. Hey, that ain't hey, happening. Hey, 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 rough? Okay. All right. I did tell you that I was not going to bring you harm right now, and I am a man, <laughs> goat man of my word. I was about to say. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Cookie. Well, I feel like we both kind of know where each other stand on things, <laughs> except, except I don't think it's quite fair for you to threaten me, and I think that might constitute a breach of hospitality. It ain't so. a threat. I'm just telling you what is and is not happening, and you're not going to be killing Marcus. And I'm going to tell you that the, uh, the threshold on this shitty little apartment probably isn't strong enough to stop me. I would like for you to, um, follow me with a, on a little mind journey here. Um, just explore a hypothetical. So I would like you to look at my friend Sylvester here's boots and tell me what you see. And hypothetically, if he were to say, kick you real hard in the jaw, not a threat. This is a hypothetical, remember. <laughs> if he were to kick you right in the jaw with that there boot, how bad would that hurt? Hypothetically, hurt like a bitch. Yeah, I bet it would. <laughs> go, go cook me some fucking pizza, why don't you? Anyway, so, yeah, we would. The question is, um, and he says this uh, as he takes a bounding leap and is in the kitchen, would he be fast enough to get a kick off? Oh no, can you outrun a bullet there, friend? Hypothetically speaking, of course. Well, in the realm of hypotheticals, let's say I've never tried, but I would love to. <sighs> okay, hey, guys, guys, hey, this is my apartment, and I am not going to clean goat blood or your blood out of the carpet right now. Yeah, hey, goat guy, can you get the fuck out? Well, uh, unfortunately, I have unfinished business, and I need to ask you, any information that you have on the whereabouts of one Marcus Walbrook would get me out of your hair, possibly forever. We haven't and seen him. who knows? Well, I was going to say that if you had information, the squire of the Winter Court might have owed you a favor, well, but we don't. I suppose... Get the fuck out. All right. So, uh, meanwhile, down in the basement, we have Ro and we have Desdemona. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> if you want to make me alertness rolls to see if you can actually I think eavesdropping is investigation. So make me investigation rolls to attempt to eavesdrop on the conversation upstairs to see if you can get anything out of it. Um you know, I'm going to go with the difficulty of four. I got a two. I also got a two. Okay, so you're not picking up enough. So we add those together, and that's a four. Yeah. <laughs> that's math. We did it. You've did done it. You've successfully done math problem, but you have <laughs> not successfully eavesdropped on what's going on upstairs. Um. So, yeah, the knocking stopped. I think it would behoove one of us to at least uh, listen in. Behoove. Behoove. <laughs> Uh, so do you want to or do you want me to? Yeah, Rose going to do her. I was going to do my stealthy, uh, stealthy stealth and just like. Were you going to skulk? 
Can I skulk? I think you can skulk. Skulking is a possibility, yes. I'm skulking. You probably do have the better um, tags in order to actually be able to eavesdrop. So if you if you're willing, I mean, well, I mean, if I just can, if if Ro gets close enough, she can just sort of get details about what's going on. I mean, yeah, I. Oh, so I'm just on watch the table duty. <laughs> I can stay in the same room and just walk closer to the stairs. Okay. Right. Oh, whatever you like. You can. I just don't know how much that's going to help you. What do you mean? Ro, go be a big damn hero for me. Okay, it, Ro can sit on the stairs. I, I don't want to like, I don't know. I don't want to be caught by this weird goat. So this is the one time, <laughs> the one time that you're like, I'm not going to hide and sneak up on whatever's happening here. Okay, cool. Okay, fine. Okay. No, I, I mean, just don't. Gwen, if you want, I'll, I'll spit. I'll tag no, I an got aspect it. and totally be like, okay. I got it. I just don't want okay. it to be a thing where I'm bullying I get to you the into this, so I will give you a fate point. <laughs> I will give you a fate point because I am bullying you into this. I fully acknowledge it. Yeah, right? I just don't want to be at the top of the stairs and have him be like, that's that's the guy, and then stab me through the door. Don't don't stab the um, baby. All right. I'm skulking to the top of the stairs to spy. I'm rolling dice. Okay. Give me Give me that deceit rule. Are you going to have, or sorry, stealth rule. Are you going to have a veil up first? Um, that doesn't affect sound, right? That's just sight. Um, no, veil can affect a variety of things. Um, it mostly impacts their ability to see you, but also, I mean, it means that you would be able to stealth and focus on moving quietly without so much fear of being seen as easily. What about smelled? Well. You're telling me that two two years into this podcast i am just now learning that this is a thing i can do yes god fuck. Okay. yeah welcome I mean, to tabletop rpgs <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna do yeah. a, a sound everybody veil. if you've never played it if you've okay it's mostly a visual veil but you can you can focus now on like sneaking about with your feet and muffling and sort of distracting from and just deceiving. It's a deceit based thing. <laughs> All right. Everybody who's never played a tabletop role playing game and has somehow listened to over 50 episodes of this podcast. This <laughs> is what it's like. And you will enjoy it. I am. I am grinning and uh. enjoying arguing with my friends right now. It's, <laughs> it's quite fun. So what target are you setting your veil to? Uh, we'll go with three. It is, f it is fully unknown what is up there, so you're gonna set it at three and roll deceit. Yep. Go for it. Is deceit for the veil and then stealth, or this is for both? Yes, it is deceit to make sure that you can actually have a veil active. That's a five for deceit. Wonderful. So roll stealth and then add three for your veil. Yeah. I am invisible. I am so invisible. Yeah? How invisible? Uh, well, your girl has four pluses she's staring at right now. Plus, wow. my stealth is at a four. So I do oh, believe, man. if I am mathing correct, four plus four is eight plus three. I think that I know all of the things and I'm very sneaky about it. You are You're taking up so much. You're invisible for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Rose disappeared and we'll never find her again. <laughs> it's actually a tragic ending to the show, but um, so, I'll take yeah, my 11, 11 and end the show very, very happily. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, if you had that power, you would have nightcrawlered out of there. Um, <laughs> but you have moved from place to place about as effectively without even making a bamf noise. So, yes, you are. You are a whisper on the wind. You are you are a shadow uh, hiding in, I don't know, the shadows. I'm not being elegant with this description because I was not expecting Does you Des to roll this well. Does Des know she's gone? Oh, Des knows she's gone, but Des cannot see her. Des Who cannot knows? spot Row. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of Faye? <laughs> Ro Common knows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ro is 100% the shadow. For the five of you who will get that joke, you're welcome. Yeah. Ro will be played by Orson Welles for the remainder. Um, yeah. So uh, you sneak up and you. I, I assume you're going to try to look in that back door to see 
uh, if you can see anything inside the apartment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, the three of them are standing there talking to a goat man. Sick. <laughs> so I want you to give me a quick lore roll because your supernatural senses might be tingling. Give me a target of three lore roll. All right. Well, I used my good roll, so I don't think my negative two is going to do anything here. Damn. Okay, <laughs> yeah. You you super don't pick up on <laughs> the thing that you might have picked up on with this. Okay. Neato. So, yeah, <laughs> you just you just know that there's a goat man. Cool. And he's there. Um now I would like you to make me an eavesdropping roll and now you're going to have a target of 2 and you're going to be able to listen to parts of the conversation that just happened. 3. Okay. Great. So you have definitely just overheard um predictably Albion and the Goatman are exchanging threats. Uh, you kind of guessed that this might happen. Albion has made some point about uh, the iron kickers. And, well, the goat man has just stated fairly plainly uh, that if you have any information leading to Marcus Walbrook, then he'll go away. Des, would this be the least convenient possible time for <laughs> Marcus to arrive? Probably. Well, you get to ask yourself that question as a player, but not as a Des, because you don't know that upstairs is a goat man looking to kill Marcus Walbrook, who's appeared in front of you. That is accurate. Oh my gosh, you're here! Uh, yeah. Um, hi. Hello again, Des. Is there... is there a problem? Ro, you have definitely noticed that uh, Marcus has just appeared downstairs. Albion has heard this, I am sure. No, actually, you don't know if you have. No, you're upstairs. Because um, he just kind of stepped through a, a way from the Never Never. He did not, like, get dropped onto the table. Fendra was actually being, you know, good about letting Marcus in and just sort of, like, he just steps in and it's not particularly uh, loud or there, there's really no so, noise. Um, okay. Albion is going to... May I do a thing first? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, we were it. we were talking down there, and Ro has just noticed that Marcus is there, and also uh, has heard sort of the Goat Man talk about wanting to find Marcus. So Ro, I'm gonna give you a chance to react with that information. Okay. Ro is gonna go downstairs and usher everyone who is downstairs out of there. I will remind you that. The basement is sectioned in halves, yes. and Beaumont's half does have a door. Yes, we're going through that door. That was exactly my plan. Okay, that's going deeper into the basement and not leaving. Well, no, it goes into like uh, his neighbor's basement, right? No, no. this is the common basement area, oh. and he's taken half of it. Oh, so, okay. That's not what I wanted to do. Um. Huh. Ro, what's going on? Uh, Ro, have you made yourself visible yet? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, at which point, <laughs> yeah, Marcus is just gonna... Oh, ah, uh, you're here too. Uh, what's... what's going on? Um, apparently you're going to die at 5.30 this morning. We're in danger, we need to leave right now. What? Like, what? separate from 5 p.m., there, 5 a.m., um, there's a goat man upstairs and we need to get you out the hold on marcus makes a roll and goes ah oh, fuck still haven't given us a sponsorship <laughs> i know right well we haven't asked we should ask we should ask we should ask i mean yeah well that's gonna seal the deal for us not getting one <laughs> anyway well that's what our new editor is for yeah we're going to <laughs> neg them into a sponsorship yeah michelle we're gonna need you to edit out half of the things darius says please thank you love you michelle bullying gets results <laughs>
<laughs> Look, if uh, can you into then anything's possible. Wow. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.